Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about number 18 Syracuse facing off against number 13 NC State at the Dome and the start of the college basketball season. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman and our guest today is former Syracuse offensive lineman Michael Lasker. Michael, thanks for coming back on the program. How are you today? Awesome, good. Thanks for having me back. I'm doing doing good. You know, obviously it's good to have college football back. You know, we're in the thick of things, so definitely excited. Yeah, absolutely. And Michael, we'll get you started on this one. Syracuse is five and zero. They're ranked 18th in both the AP and coaches polls. What are your overall thoughts on Syracuse through this point so far? Yeah, no, I'm definitely impressed. Um, you know, what what I've seen so far this year, it, they really seem like a a balanced, you know, complete complete team in all three phases of the game, you know, kicking offense and defense. Um, and you could just see everything, you know, come together over the last few years. And, you know, to, to see them ranked, um, you know, being a Syracuse alum, you know, it's definitely something special um, and definitely, you know, something to be proud of. As I mentioned before, Syracuse is ranked 18th. That's the best start since 1987 and the first time SU's been ranked since 2019. As an alumni of the program, how big of a deal is it to you to see that number next to Syracuse? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely it's a big deal because I think, you know, putting Syracuse back on the map because, you know, of course, it's known for, you know, it being a basketball school, um, you know, which is understandable. I mean, lots of success, obviously, with the basketball program. But, you know, we still we do have a lot of talent, um, you know, when it comes to football and we put out a good product on the field and, uh, you know, seeing a number ranked, you know, it's definitely good to see that, you know, we are one of the, you know, uh, elite teams in, in um, you know, college football, especially, you know, being a power five school as well. Michael, you were an offensive lineman at Syracuse from 2013 to 2016. In 2016, you blocked for an offense that amassed 5,290 yards. That was the second highest total in Syracuse history. Sean Tucker was a Heisman candidate heading into the season, but he just hasn't looked the same as he did last year. What can the offensive line do to help him get back to his 2021 form? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, I think the, the O-line is uh, – they're doing a great job this year. I think more so what it is is defense are now just understanding um, how good of a player he is. Um, you know, obviously he's a Heisman candidate. So, I mean, I really think that defense are just starting to load the box, you know, starting to scheme towards, you know, towards him. Um, and it's just making it tougher, which, I mean, is, is understandable. I and mean, it happens when you have a, a guy like that. Um, but, I mean, as far as the O-line, I mean, I think – you know, really, uh, it's just sustaining blocks. I mean, that's really the only thing you could do when you have, you know, um, when defenses are loading the, bo- the, the box. You know, you just have to, you know, uh, play through the echo of the whistle, um, you know, leash onto those blocks, you know, drive the defenders out the way and, and create those lanes. Because, you know, Sean Tucker doesn't, mean, doesn't need much, you know, he just needs a small crease, you know, he can, he can take it all the way. So he has really good vision, balance. Um, so... Really, I would just say if they could just, you know, sustain blocks, you know, just, I mean, they're already doing a phenomenal job at that, but just sustaining blocks a little bit longer. And that definitely, that little difference could, uh, you know, get Sean Tucker back to where he was last year. Michael, another thing I've noticed about Syracuse's offensive line is that it's producing a lot more pre-snap penalties. I think part of that is playing under a new scheme and also under a new offensive coordinator in Robert Anai. How does the offensive line go about correcting those penalties? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is... um, and like to your point, what you said, it's being in a new scheme, a new offense. So, I mean, there is going to take, you know, an adjusting period, um, you know, to that and so forth. Uh, but, you know, really it just comes down to, you know, focus and, and mental focus. I mean, there's things, you know, drills that the O-line could do, you know, in, in meeting rooms, you know, just, you know, based upon, you know, just uh, one person going up to the front of the meeting room, you know, saying the cadence, you know, everybody moving at the same time or clapping at the same time, whatever you can do just to, try to have a little bit of extra focus. Um, but, I mean, that's really what it comes down to, just just being able to mentally, you know, lock in, you know, hold your water. Um, because, I mean, so far, the penalties haven't, I don't think, hurt them um, so far, you know. But, you know, you don't want it. That's the last thing you want, you know, when you have a cru- crucial situation, um, you know, as the season goes on, you know, you don't want to have, uh, you know, a crucial penalty um, that could, you know, change the outcome of a ball game or put the offense in a bad spot. And Michael, we'll get you out of here on this one. Syracuse matches up against number 13 NC State at the Dome this Saturday. It's the first time a ranked Syracuse team has played a ranked opponent since 2001. Give me a prediction on how you see this game playing out. and What does Syracuse need to do to win this game? Yeah, I think what they need to do is just honestly just continue to do what they've been doing. You know, defense has been balling out this whole year. Same with the offense and the kicking game as well. So I think it's just, again, just executing, um, being consistent, um, you know, relying heavily. You know, obviously on, on Tucker and, and, and Garrett, um, you know, in, in this game, um, they have a lot of playmakers, you know, on the outside with the receivers and so forth. Um, but, I mean, I, I'm predicting a Syracuse win. Um, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Syracuse is going to win by either a, a field goal or a touchdown. Um, I know NC State, their quarterback, um, I, I don't know how if he's going to play or not, but I know they had their backup in um, last week when they played. Um, so I think Syracuse, I mean – if they go in and do what they're supposed to do, they'll, they'll come out with a W this Saturday. So definitely, hopefully, I'll, you know, get all the, the the fans in there to pack the dome and, um, you know, create a hostile environment, environment for NC State on Saturday. Michael, thanks so much for coming back on the program again. Our great friend and former Syracuse offensive lineman, Michael Lasker. Michael, we appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the rest of the college football season. We'll speak with you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we'll, we'll do this again sometime. Always great catching up with Michael Lasker. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? 
I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, on Friday, Syracuse had its midnight madness in Rochester, officially kicking off the 2022-23 season. There are plenty of storylines around this team heading into the year. What are the biggest ones that you're tracking? Well, Wes, I'd have to start with new faces and new places that is among the Syracuse basketball program. And uh, storylines to me, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago when uh, preseason practice got underway, all about the new faces on this roster with six freshmen and a transfer. And the biggest storyline to me is how many of those new players, the first-time players into the program, are going to see significant playing time this year. I go back to the article you wrote in August about the various lineup combinations Jim Beheim had at his disposal for the upcoming season. And I think about that because as he's evaluating along with the staff during preseason practice, And then in the two exhibition games, it's going to be really interesting to see how many players are in the rotation. We know Jim Boeheim's MO is playing about eight guys. Is that going to stay the same with so many new players on the roster? Or is that going to expand out to, you know, nine players or even once in a while a tenth player? History says that won't happen. So, you know, who are going to be the top eight players Uh, seeing regular minutes. To me, that's the top storyline is the rotation. Who's going to start and who are going to be the three or four main contributors off the bench? So also I have to say, you know, what's the offensive tempo of this team going to be? They're going to push the ball up. Are they going to try to, you know, have a really fast pace against the opposition? And then on the defensive side, we've heard about the play of man-to-man this year, That's something that the team has been practicing so far during the uh, preseason workouts. It's going to be really interesting to see going between a zone defense and a man-to-man defense, how that's going to work out. We all remember last time Syracuse experimented with man-to-man and that infamous loss to LeMoyne in the 2010 preseason. So it'll be really interesting to see how Syracuse controls the tempo offensively, how the defense digs in, where the scoring is going to come from, led by Joe Girard in the backcourt. Is there going to be inside scoring from Jesse Edwards? Who's going to be the backup center to Jesse Edwards? And will we see a big progression from Benny Williams in his second year of the program? Those are the sub-questions I have to the overall questions of the offense, defense, and the rotation for this team. Brad, it seems like we talk about this every year now, but Jim Beheim has been the head coach of Syracuse since 1976. He's turning 78 later this year. It begs the question of whether you think this will be Beheim's final season in orange, especially now that he's about to repass the 1,000-win milestone since he's currently sitting at 998 wins. Wes, this is a really tough question. I've been back and forth on both a yes and no answer here as Jim Beheim enters his 47th season. Let me play conspiracy theorist here. There are a couple of telltale signs to me that kind of stick out to indicate that maybe this indeed is his last season. But at the same time, I've always thought, you know, this is all Jim Beheim knows in his professional life. It's coaching. And he doesn't want to do anything but coaching. And so that leads me to think, as we talked with Andrew Cowley uh, during the middle part of last season, Andrew thought he might be around for, you know, three to five more years, and I was kind of in agreement at that point with him on that, on that opinion. But let me talk about these items that kind of stick out to me 
uh, about maybe why this could be his 47th and final season. Number one, recruiting. Well, there have been no commits so far, so he hasn't had the situation where he's had to sit down with a recruit and his family and really promise that recruit that he is indeed going to be the head coach of Syracuse basketball during that recruit's tenure, or at least for part of the tenure of a recruit. Of course, his two sons are now gone from the program and are playing professionally, and that, as any parent, has to be alert of being able to want to watch your sons play professional basketball. He and his wife, Julie, travel a lot. Is traveling to watch his sons play professionally something that he wants to start looking into uh, and retiring from coaching? Uh, I think you're going to see more expansion of the assistant coach's roles this year. I think that's already happened during preseason practice. I think that sort of happened at the Monroe Madness event last Friday in Rochester, in which Jerry McNamara was giving a lot of the instructions uh, on the court for that session. And it'll be interesting to see if that happens in the uh, session at the Carrier Dome this coming Friday, the 14th. And then the switch to playing man-to-man defense. I mean, that says to me that, you know, the next coach after Jim Beheim may be one that's going to put man-to-man defense more in the uh, – uh, in, in play for, for Syracuse defenders in game action. So those kind of uh, items stand out to me as to why he may retire after this season. But, geez, I followed his entire career, Wes, and, you know, hosted his coaches show during the 80s and into the early 90s and really got to, you know, Jim, know Jim Beheim very closely. And he's, all, he's the most competitive person I've ever met. And the fact, like you said, that he's just, you know, two wins away from hitting 1,000 again, and if you give him the 101 wins that the NCAA took away from him, he's just 103 wins behind Mike Krzyzewski on the all-time coaching list. And another part of me says he's so competitive that he'd want to retire as the all-time winningest coach. Well, of course, logically, that would take five more seasons at 20 wins averaging just over per season that seems like a long time so i don't know if that record's going to be within reach but i'd have to say to kind of answer the question back coming around in full circle it's probably going to be either at the end of this season or certainly no more than three seasons making it a total even of 50 seasons coaching syracuse basketball and brad we're right at the end of our show your closing thoughts Well, Wes, Dino Babers alluded to it in his Monday press conference this week. His magic number of what he'd like to see with fans in the Carrier Dome for Syracuse's big matchup against NC State on Saturday afternoon is, as you might expect, 44,000. That would be a tremendous turnout. And Syracuse really could use the loud house home field advantage in this game because it's what I'm writing about in Orange Watch this week Wes, you could kind of say it's the game of the century on the Syracuse campus when it comes to football. And hear me out on this. This is the two highest-ranked teams, Syracuse being number 18, NC State being number 15, the first time that both teams are in the top 20 since all the way back to the season opener in 1998 when Syracuse was 17th and Tennessee was 10th and the Orange fell on a last-second field goal, 34-33. So, indeed, from a ranked standpoint, it's the biggest game on the Syracuse campus in the 2000s, and let's hope, let's hope there's a large contingent of 44,000 or even more on hand to root on the Orangemen to go to 6-0. and 
Brad, my closing thoughts are on the NFL's Carolina Panthers, who fired head coach Matt Rule on Monday after a 1-4 start to the season. In two-plus seasons with the Panthers, the former Baylor and Temple head coach went just 11-27. Syracuse connection, Rule's defensive line coach, his former longtime Syracuse head coach Paul Pascaloni. After his time in Syracuse, Pascaloni has bounced around the NFL ranks and also had a brief stint as head coach of UConn. The 72-year-old Pascaloni's future is a little uncertain with the coaching change, but no matter what happens to him at Carolina, it seems like he'll always have some sort of place in football coaching. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that I own an L-shaped sofa, lowercase. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. If you're a last-minute gift shopper, then Instacart is your holiday rescue app this season. No more tracking packages, no more trips to the post office, and no more Christmas gifts arriving in February. Instead, you can just download Instacart to order gifts like beauty, tech, and gourmet goods from local stores and get them delivered in as fast as one hour. Plus, right now, you'll get free delivery on your first three orders. This offer is valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 plus to purchase alcohol where available.